0: Mario, And welcome to the ninth episode of Slime Time SideQuest, an official Dragon's Den podcast. This is Platy M3. Ahem. Something wrong there, Yengus?
1: Come on, Platy. You know what we have to do for the, for the intro this time.
0: Ah, uh, right. Yeah, Mario games episode. Alright, alright. <coughs> let, me, let me try this again. Hey, paisanos, it's the Dragon's Den SideQuest Super Show! its me, Platy M3! And it's Amir Yangus, let's-a-go! Yeah, let us go indeed. So, uh, as you might have guessed by all that, we're going to be talking about Mario's games on tonight's episode. Oh,
1: we sure are. This is a topic that's been sitting at the top of the side quest list for a while now. And with this year marking the 35th anniversary of the Super Mario Bros. franchise, it's only fitting we do an episode about one of the most well-known gaming franchises out there.
0: Yes, but if you're you're listening to this part of the podcast, you better just keep listening straight through and listen well, because this is going to be a limited-time episode release.
1: No, 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 no. We aren't doing that. We're just limiting what games we're talking about tonight, Platty. We're going to be focusing on the 3D platformers like Mario 64 and Mario Sunshine.
0: Oh, you mean you don't think we can discuss just all the 2D and 3D platformers, all the spinoff games all in one go? No, we'd be here for a while if we did that. But but I really want to talk about Waluigi, and he's not in any of these games tonight. I mean, at least <laughs> you tell me so. I've never played any
1: of these. <laughs> there they're There, There they'll be okay. You'll get your chance one day.
0: Uh, all right. One day I'll get to talk about my love for the lean, mean, purple twig man. But in the meantime, let's get the show underway. Joining us tonight, uh, we got a pair of people for you. B&B, good old Blue Star, and
2: Brother Jaybird.
3: Thank you, Platty.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on again.
0: Oh, of course, anytime.
1: All right, well, we got our guests underway. We got everybody dressed up in their best overalls, so let's get kick things off. We'll start <laughs> off with the first 3D Mario game, Super Mario 64. Uh, Blue, do you want to start us off?
3: Ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
0: how Genghis rolls. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I'll go
1: ahead and start off <laughs> um so with super mario 64 it was one of the first launch titles for the nintendo 64 and it was one of the first 3d uh, mario platformer games uh when it came out you know it was a big deal because at that point there was mainly 2d platformers 2d pol- uh, 2d gaming so polygon game was kind of a new big thing and with mario 64 it was one of the first times that people got to see you know, what was possible with 3D gaming. Um, Backstory for the game is pretty simple. Mario goes to visit Princess Peach at the castle because he was invited for uh, cake, which has been a long-running joke of what cake actually means, if you've followed any meme channels for video games. (laughs) But, um... Mario ends up going to the castle, he can't find anybody there, and it turns out that Bowser hid all of the inhabitants of the castle and Princess Peach away within the walls of the castle, and Mario has to go through these different paintings scattered across the uh, different floors of P- Princess Peach's castle in order to recover the Power Stars and to try and free the Toads, Princess Peach, and everybody else. Uh, this was one that, when I, this is one of the first games that I had played growing up. First game was technically Super Mario World, but this was like the second or third one, and this was was one that I actually played a lot with my dad as a kid, and um, just to not get too personal, but uh, after my dad had passed away, this game and really the whole Mario franchise as a whole, uh, is a way that helps me kind of stay connected to him because when I played this game as a kid, you know, I wasn't very good at it. He would come down and help me figure out how to beat stuff, or if he got stuck somewhere, I might have figured it out. So with Mario 64 in particular, it's kind of one of those in the story, but it's also one that I do hold pretty dear to me because I do have a lot of good memories attached to it, both from the game itself and um, personal relationship-wise.
2: Yes, Mario 64 was one of the big ones. Uh, It was also... um... A major childhood uh, memory for me because it was my first privately owned video game. Um, when I was a kid, I grew up and went to a daycare where they had a, a Super Nintendo uh, shared in common among kids. But um, Super Mario 64 was my first ever. This game console is at home for you to use. Here's your first ever private. Here's your first ever video game, and it was Super Mario 64. Now I was. I was five years old when we got it uh, at home, and I was super excited. I was super thrilled. I was not prepared for this game. Um, so <laughs> i I was not yet keen to the fact that soundtracks could be really, really dark and scary when playing uh, video games. And so my five year old self manages to get Mario into the game, into the castle, into the first level, up to the first boss. And then, the, and then the scary boss music kicks in, and, oh, I am terrified. I cannot stand the thought of this sudden change in atmosphere. <laughs> and it's just Big bob too. Uh, so you have to sneak up around behind him, uh, pick him up with a normal punch like any regular bob in the game, and then just throw him. So all you had to do, and he gives you the instructions for beating him, all you have to do is pick up and throw him three times. And I could not bring myself to do it. I could not bring Mario near him. <laughs> at first you know, I, funny i
1: had that too i had that same sort of thing when i first played the game that was one of the things i remember my dad having to help me with and once i saw him show me how to beat it it's like oh, okay that wasn't as bad as i thought it was or he wasn't as scary as i was thinking you know
2: mm-hmm. well I, I actually had a very similar experience because um i didn't my uh my dad did not help me right in front of me what happened was um after my terror nightmare of the game, I turn it off, shut it down, and that's it for the night. And then I come back the next morning when the sun is up, when the when the, when the the sun is up and the d- lights are on so that the the atmosphere isn't scary anymore. And I decide, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I go and I start the game and I find out my dad has beaten the first two stars for me entirely. And I go, okay, that was awesome. I can come back to this later. And then I go on to proceed with the rest of the game. How about you, Platt? You got anything to say about this game?
0: I owned all of two games for the N64. <laughs> I had uh, o- I had Ocarina of Time and I had Mario Golf, so uh, my Mario 3D adventure was uh, Mario Golf. I-, I actually am not even sure if I've ever played this one, kind of, at all.
3: <laughs> that was true for I- me as well, up until just a little while ago. Um, so... When I was younger at the time, the DS remake that came out was, you know, more on the timeline of when I would be getting into platformers. Um, And it was actually my brother's game, and he did convince me to try it at one point, but the DS controls were awful. uh, And I hated it, and I... Never got very far in it because I could not for the life of me figure out how to control this character in this strange world with the crappy camera. Um, but actually, very recently, Brother J Bird figured out a way to hack the N64 ROM to allow for multiplayer. So we've actually been doing that on the Dunn Discord and it's been a lot of fun. And I actually did beat it over the weekend.
2: And I am very proud oh, nice. of we for doing that. <laughs> oh, good job.
3: <laughs> I had a lot of help. And uh, there were a lot of very laughable things that happened. So
2: So, uh, what Blue is talking about is a project called Super Mario 64 Online, uh, which is one of, from what I understand, to be many um, uh, projects by modders and hackers over the past few years to update uh, video games from their childhood, including Nintendo 64 games um this one in particular is focused around multiplayer which in this case means allowing one ge- allowing games to have copies of other characters in the same in their own games uh such that you can have but uh, p- multiple people playing around and collecting stars together or competing with each other or doing whatever um
3: Dying on the slides and trying to catch the
2: bunnies. (laughs) So uh, the way it works is through synchronizing multiple individuals of games, uh, multiple individual games, so that um, characters work in tandem. So I'm playing my own game and Blue is playing her game, but there's a copy of my character running around in hers and there's a copy of uh, her character running around in mine. And it's set up so that it counts uh, multiple stars, so that characters can collect stars in tandem. It's also uh, set up to uh, register damage from other characters. So if you wanted to do competitive multiplayer, you could literally punch somebody else off a cliff. Um, you can I'm also not... do
3: that on accident. So
2: <laughs> Did I say? I don't recall Intentional being a qualifier for that. I mean, you could totally do it by accident. There's all sorts of shenanigans um, you can do uh, if you take the time to explore it. Now, if I recall correctly, Super Mario 64 Online, which is a mouthful guaranteed, got a specific cease and desist to continue developing um, from Nintendo, cut once it blew up a few years ago. But um, while that project is halted, Um, hackers and modders got together again and basically revived the project as Net64, which uh, does all the same things. Now, one of the big features of both uh, Super Mario 64 Online and Net64 is you're not stuck as Mario. They've basically cobbled together a kind of character select, where when you're configuring uh, your your, uh, game of online, you can choose a character um you can choose the characters you can choose our other mario characters uh luigi peach toad wario waluigi uh rosalina <laughs> 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 plenty yeah. very
3: interested in waluigi
2: yeah yeah okay keep that in mind so that the next time we want to wake plat up we just have to say hey waluigi <laughs> waluigi winner well, she cheating but me um So you could pick and select any number of Mario characters. A lot of, they do come with differences, different properties um, based around their common multiplayer conceits. Uh, For example, uh, Luigi, as per tradition, can jump higher, but has less traction. Um, Peach has, I believe, her floating abilities. Yoshi is another playable character, and he has his uh, iconic flutter jump. Um, which
3: saved me so many times from so many different (laughs) devices uh yoshi is the best character because you know if you have the option to be a dinosaur you be the dinosaur (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah and the interesting thing is um because these characters have different play styles and abilities it actually transforms your ability to play the game um for example, uh, if you run into a bottleneck where you're expected to jump from a certain platform to another certain platform and that platform isn't currently available, well, with the right character, you don't have to worry about that bottleneck. Uh, the The effect of all these different characters is basically it opens the game up tremendously, which, if I recall correctly, was something that Super Mario 64 DS, uh, the DS um remake had a problem with too because uh, the different characters in the in the official DS game also had different properties and this game was designed specifically around Mario's abilities in particular so Luigi being able to jump higher than Mario made a lot of things easier and opened up a lot of extra paths uh, that Mario couldn't take for example one of the distinctions of the DS game.
1: Hmm. Yeah, they tried to make it more so every character had their own, like, they got rid of the multicolored power-up blocks, and instead it's just one singular block. And when a character touches the special flower that comes out, like, Luigi turns invisible, Wario turns to metal, Mario turns into, like, his super balloon form from Super Mario World. Basically, they divided up what Mario could originally do amongst the four characters.
2: They uh, they diversified their portfolio. <laughs> Not, oh, i this will was... say
1: that with um super mario 64 that both the original and the ds remake like the big thing about that game is it really encourages exploration because uh, you have 15 worlds that you go through each of them has six stars plus a, a bonus one that you can get from collecting 100 coins and um with especially with playing this game as a kid. Like it was like the most fun that you can have with this game is just exploring the levels and seeing what all sorts of stuff you can do. And the older you get and the more you realize some of the momentum stuff you can do with Mario's jumping and with the physics of the game. There's a lot of interesting things that you can either do out of order. You can do way ahead of time. Or you can just totally glitch the game into letting you get into spots you probably shouldn't uh, before you, like, do it yeah. the normal way. Like, I think I messaged this one to uh, Platy and Woodis and them, but I was playing on, when the uh, Super Mario uh, 3D All-Stars collection came out, I was playing on Cool Cool Mountain, which is one of the first stages of the game. I had done the 8-coin <laughs> challenge. And when I jumped off the cliff uh, to get towards where the star shows up after collecting the eight red coins, Mario had enough momentum for me doing a long jump that even though he should have slid down the cliff that I landed on, he went running right up towards the star and I could jump and grab it. It's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> There's a lot of other funny stuff like that that can happen with the physics, both good and bad.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, this this game has well, it's been around for, gosh, almost a uh, t- good 25 years now. So it's got a it's got a really big speedrun community a lot of Mario games have speedrun communities and if you ever watch one of those speedrun videos you will find all sorts of nonsense of how to how to get through walls how to how to transform how to change um, game properties that shouldn't be changed how to get past impossible doors oh it's a, it's a it's a trip to see what you can do with this game when you've got somebody who knows how to break it
1: yeah it's fun. They changed it, unfortunately, in, in uh, the Super Mario uh, 3D All-Stars collection, but in the original on the N64, you can do the long back jump glitch, where basically Mario just builds up momentum like crazy on slope, uh, like slopes, particularly stairs, and if you can get enough momentum build up, Mario just go shooting through doors and walls, which is how you can uh, end up beating the game really early, because normally you're supposed to have 70 stars to unlock the final door and then reach Bowser at the top without... Uh, having to deal with the endless staircase. But if you can do the backwards long jump glitch properly, you can end up having Mario going flying up the stairs fast enough that he can get past the the infinite stairs and you can fight Bowser without needing 70 stars. It's hard to pull off, but if you can do it, it's really fun. (laughs) I will say, too, that this is one of those games that for the longest time as a kid, I just could not 100% it because I couldn't figure out where the final like, secret star was in the game. So I had gotten all of the stars from the levels and all of the 100 coin stars, and all- I thought I had found all of the secret stars around the castle, but I was just permanently stuck at 119. Uh, for several years and i finally caved and i'm like all right it's been like 10 15 years however long it was since i had owned my own copy of the game without needing to rent it from the video store so i was like i gotta figure out how i can find that last star this is driving me nuts well it turns out that there's two stars on the princess secret slide stage the one that you normally get from getting to the bottom and uh, you know just hitting the, the block at the end but then there's the other one you can get by beating the race or beating the timer in a uh, I believe you got to beat it in 21 seconds, or below 21 seconds, and that'll cause a star to show up. Well, that's the star I couldn't find, and so when I beat the game, there's Yoshi sitting on the castle roof, Then it's like, what the heck, what's Yoshi doing up there for? (laughs) This is one of those first games that I remember you got a, or at least that I played, that gives you a 100% reward, because when you beat the game, you see Yoshi's hanging on the castle, you reload the game, you can go uh, on top of the castle roof, Then because there's a cannon that's now open up, on the castle grounds outside it'll shoot you up to the roof you can talk to yoshi he gives you 100 lives and he gives you a special version of the triple jump which will cause mario to get the sparkling effect and when he does the triple jump even from a super tall height uh he'll land totally fine and he won't take like fall damage like if he would normally fall from a like a particularly high jump so it was kind of a nice reward to get that and to see that that is the reward you get for 100 in the game and you know going for all the stars
2: I had forgotten that detail. I remembered the sparkle jump uh, for 120 star completion, but I didn't. I I forgot that it, you got it specifically from Yoshi. Uh, the game uh, rewarded you with a cup with a couple of things uh, for doing the whole whole shebang of 120. You would get um, Bowser got new dialogue. I remember that he he remembered being astounded by saying, "Oh wait, wait, how are there so many more than I than I remembered sealing away? Wait, that's not the right count. Wait." <laughs> Then he has a big "oh well" about it. Um, this game also this is a this is a really strict Easter egg, but this game throws one last challenge at you for getting 120. Uh... Uh... <laughs> Blue knows this very well, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Blue describe her experience with it.
3: Okay, so. Uh... Basically, when I had first started out playing the game, one of my first missions was to beat the penguin race on the slide in Cool Cool Mountain, and I died so many times on this silly, silly slide, and then I found out that I needed to race the penguin and beat the penguin on this silly, silly slide, Uh, and... It was awful and i complained about it a lot but i did eventually beat the penguin on the slide uh brother jaybird was very proud of me (laughs) when you beat bowser with 120 stars you then unlock a special version of the penguin race where i guess the penguin i he indulged himself and he got a lot bigger and he takes up now at least half of the slide and you have to race him again and he's faster and he keeps up with you and, uh, all of my nightmares came back after beating the game.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, that's, that's a, that's your, uh, that's your challenge. You gotta do the, one of the bigger, you gotta do the worst slide, and you gotta do it on hard mode.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I remember having to do that, and I remember finding out about that, because, like, when you beat the game, the credits shows off some different uh, locations from the game, and mm-hmm. it shows you that penguin, and now all of a sudden he got real fat. And I yeah, remember trying that race the first time. It's so, it's hard. Like, even if you know how to handle the, like, the corners on that course and to get through it all right, that penguin penguin can just come up out of nowhere and just totally push you out of the way and cause you to fall off. It's nuts. He's a jerk,
3: and I hate him. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, this is you- a... <laughs> Oh, go
1: ahead. I was just going to say, Platty, did your kids ever give this one a try when you got them the 3D All-Stars collection, or did they pass on this one?
0: This is the one they haven't tried yet. I know, um, what is it, the Galaxy? Is that the other one? What's on here? Sunshine and Galaxy, right? Yeah, it's Mario Galaxy is the one that
2: goes on. Galaxy is the one in space.
0: Yeah, he went straight to Galaxy, and I think got about halfway through that, and <clears throat> recently has done a little bit on Sunshine um my oldest son and then he the youngest son wanted to play and he's only four so he doesn't really uh, unless we're playing a game with him and it's just a button masher he doesn't know much um but my oldest son wanted to play on the ipad this weekend and the youngest one's like no i want to see somebody playing super mario so my oldest son was just like uh here i'll stick you in super mario sunshine and he just ran around and i don't know what he did for about 45 minutes but he had fun doing it (laughs) Well, you know, that's not a bad idea, making them play uh, Mario
1: 64 Sunshine first, because I think I was about four or five when I played Mario 64 for the first time. And, you know, with most of the levels being as big as they are, it's a good way to, you know, just kind of mess around with the controls and, you know, just a good way to just sort of explore. Because, you know, when you're a kid, you like to explore, whether it's in real life or in a game or something. You know, you just like to see what you can do. So, I mean... But that's not a bad idea if you want to just give him that uh, Mario 64 or Mario Sunshine to play for about 45 minutes. You know, Mm -hmm. might help him then to figure out how to use a controller then properly. So when you guys play multiplayer stuff, he might be a little more prepared the older he gets, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I was happy because they haven't played this in a while. Then again, I bought... um pokemon so my oldest was busy beating pokemon shield for the past month but yeah the youngest one's like you haven't played mario in a while i want to watch so so really i'm sure this is one they they haven't played it (laughs) yep it it is completely my fault Mm -hmm. that's why i kept
1: telling you you had to at least try and get eight stars and beat the first bowser (laughs) so you could have an idea of what to talk about
2: (laughs) yeah if you that would that would have been that would have been good because that that first eight stars and the bowser fight are basically uh a little microcosm of the entire game so i'm i'm actually surprised how well they uh sum the game up like that actually only by having uh, it done in eight stars that's actually very impressive there's probably a lot i'm sure there's you know like a decade's worth of design experience going into that even if it was a, a new um realm for the mario franchise in particular they've been working when was the first mario game come, when did that come out that knew that was before my time or mid 80s early 80s yes yeah, 1985
1: 35 years ago mario right? one came out <laughs> yeah.
2: 1980 yeah, mario the one first came, Super out mario
1: Brothers game came out in 1985 for the uh, nintendo entertainment system
2: yeah okay so nintendo has you know a solid decade of gaming experience uh game design experience going into this so uh, no surprise there um but one of the big things about Mario sixty four was what a game changer it was um, for the franchise, because it was the first of what uh, Nintendo calls uh, Mario sandbox exploration three D games. Um, by which, but to explain, Nintendo. Mario's had a number of 3D games over the years, uh, 64, Sunshine, um, Galaxy 1 and 2, the 3D Land and 3D World games, and um, the latest installment was Odyssey for the Switch. Um, But they've actually done an interesting thing where they've categorized um, these games into two major uh, sets. On the one hand, you've got your Sandbox Exploration games, which are 64, Sunshine, and Odyssey. And on the other hand, you have your Course Clear games, which are Galaxy 1 and 2, and 3D Land and World. Um, the names are pretty uh, straightforward. Your Sandbox Exploration games, you get, to, you get an open world to run around in. Uh, you've got a checklist of tasks that you're given to do when you go and do them um your course clear games are your classic mario platformers uh rendered in 3d um where you start at the beginning of an obstacle course and then you get to the flag or the the star at the end um as you do in classic mario bros mario bros 3 um super mario world all all the all the original games um But this was the first of the 3D action adventure game, the 3D action adventure sandbox exploration games for Mario. It wasn't the first of its type. Um, Depending on who you talk to, you could go back as far as 1985 for Mercenary uh, as a 3D action adventure, or you could um, look at something like The Legend of Zelda for a 3D open world game. Um, But this was the first in Mario history and set a lot of impact for what we might call the collectathon genre uh which you'd probably definitely be familiar with if you've ever played a game by Rareware or Rare nowadays um the Banjo-Kazooie games were all collectathons the Donkey Kong the Donkey Kong Country games were all collectathons um this was this was a big uh impact on this um, heck, Rareware made a racing game into a collectathon. Diddy Kong Racing, if y'all played that one. So Rareware did a lot of collectathons in the '64 era, but the first of them was Super Mario '64. I deliberately stopped talking in order to let somebody else talk.
1: <laughs> I just figured Platy was on silence again, like what happened with the last episode we did. That's pretty funny. <laughs>
2: Because I'm like, I've got like no, i just... <laughs> I've got like two or three extra sections of content that I could go on, but then I'd just be talking for about 15 minutes, and I don't want to do that to you guys. I don't want to really? do that. to me Go either. ahead.
0: I have already said everything I know about uh, this one.
2: Well, somebody react to me because I'm, I, I'm letting the conversation guide what I say about this. I mean, I could, I could dump this extra content elsewhere.
1: Well, I really don't have much else to add to that, but I have played a lot of um, rares in 64 games, but. Uh... I mean, with Mario 64 kind of setting up what games would eventually go on to do, Like, I can at least say that from the Mario 3D games that I do prefer the more exploration sandbox ones, like this one, Sunshine and Odyssey, but I mean, I'll, I won't say too much more until we get to Galaxy and that those ones, but I mean, I, I think maybe because I started with 64, that's why I enjoy the exploration ones a lot more uh, for 3D Mario games, but at the same time, it was just kind of cool to see what was possible with a 3D game. And I think it's because I played this one not long after I first played Super Mario World that I've always been a gamer that's never really had a problem jumping between something that's 2D or 3D. It, to me, it doesn't really matter which one it is as long as I'm having fun playing it, you know? Whereas I see some people who are like, oh, I can't play something if it's 2D, or oh, I. Don't like any of the stuff that's, you know, 3D, you know, exploration stuff. It's like, why would you want to limit yourself like that? You know, I never see. I've never quite understood why some people are like that.
0: All right. Do we want to move on to the next game then?
2: (laughs) If you edit these transitional (laughs) awkward parts out of it, sure. Let's do it. I always do. Okay. I will, I will see if, you know, the conversation takes an organic enough turn. I will see about sneaking old content in so you have more content to offer. But other than that, I mean, there's no real way for me to add it in without literally seizing the conversation by the face and then just dragging it through all my points. I'm not going to do th- <laughs>
3: Sounds like a challenge. I bet you could.
2: I have no doubt I could. I was... What was it? Uh, Heroes. Heroes, I did that. And I I made everybody wait for me to stop talking, and they were very polite. But no, I'm not going to do that again. (laughs) That was our double feature night. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I could could talk for a really long time about what I want to talk about. Trust me.
1: Okay, um, well... Uh, Moving right along from Super Mario 64, I think it's time we get out into the sun and enjoy a little bit of Super Mario Sunshine for the Nintendo GameCube. Uh, This was one that, kind of like with Super Mario 64, it was a fully 3D exploration-based Mario game. Uh, This time, however, Mario has a new ability, or rather a new gadget... Uh, called the flood which is invented by professor egad and if you have played luigi's mansion that name might ring a bell to you because like how luigi had the poltergust 3000 in luigi's mansion uh, mario's special gadget is as i said the flood in this game but unlike the poltergust which is used to suck up ghosts and to find secrets you actually use the uh, flood to help you spray down graffiti and to help deal with any enemies so it's Kind of like the yin and yang effect almost for these power-ups. But with Mario Sunshine, Mario, Peach, and a few of the toads from the Mushroom Kingdom are all going off to Isle Delfino, which is a tropical paradise in the, I'm going to assume, the southern southern seas of the Mario world. And uh, they end up going there for a vacation after Mario's beaten Bowser. But they find that when they get there that the island has been terrorized by graffiti and goo and all sorts of other uh mishappenings going on and that the island's uh, native power source slash guardians the shine sprite are completely gone so what ends up happening is that mario even though he helps clean up the Delfino uh airstrip and finds the first shine sprite he's actually taken into custody and the uh, citizens of al Delfino assume that this Mario even though he looks completely different from the culprit in terms of a uh, uh, physical or uh, like outward appearance they still assume that it's the same uh, person and they charge Mario with cleaning up the entire island before he and Princess Peach and everyone are allowed to leave so the game ends up coming down to Mario needs to travel to the different corners of Isle Delfino uh, which includes like Bianca Hills, uh, or excuse me, Bianco Hills, uh, Rico Harbor, N- Noki Bay, and all these other different uh, tropical paradise-themed areas of the island. In order to help clean up the goo, find the different Shine sprites, and eventually uncover who the real culprit is, disguising themselves as the Shadow Mario-looking figure and uh, trying to restore the light and the sunshine, and really just the tranquility to uh, Aldofino and uh, the little and to its people. So with this game, unlike Mario sixty four, uh, which had about fifteen levels, there's only s- there's only seven levels. Or seven worlds in this game in particular. But unlike Mario 64, there are a lot bigger. There's a lot more uh, water exploration to them. Uh, You have a lot more shine sprites to find in each one, including secret ones that aren't even listed. And still the 100 coin ones. And you also have some other unlockables you can find. Or some other uh, items you can find, excuse me. Like the blue coins that are scattered all around, which are probably one of the biggest headaches of this game. But, um... You do get to go see some pretty cool locations and a lot of areas that you would find that re- would relate to either a tropical paradise or sort of a um, coastline sort of location. Like you have beautiful like uh, like a beautiful beach on the sunset with this big lustrous hotel that may or may not be haunted by ghosts. <laughs> uh, you have areas like Noki Bay, which are just like a beautiful Coral Ridge, um, like crated in the mountainside or ancient ruins and things like that. Uh, you have place like Noki, or it's not Noki Bay, excuse me, um, uh, Serena Beach, which is just this big stretch of white sand where you can find um, these little plants that will create different sandcastle shapes and different sand creatures for you. And um, and then you have a big amusement park like Peanut Park where you can find a bunch of rides that not only can you ride on to help you get some of the shine sprites, but also you can see how this island's been affected by uh, some of the natural wildlife that you find on al Delfino itself but this was one that i ended up getting as a kid i think for my birthday the year it came out i believe maybe the year after i didn't get a gamecube right i think i got my gamecube in 2003 but um i really enjoyed playing super mario sunshine because it did feel like a nice step up from what uh, mario 64 did uh, when it originally came out you know the exploration and running around the levels was fun tons of stuff you can find like the blue coins i mentioned and um there's a bunch of different ways that you can approach getting to one of your end goals for getting to the shine sprites like you can either just kind of go the way the game directs you to you can use mario's physics and jumping and the momentum you can get from flood to help you uh kind of go with unorthodox sort of out of the box methods to reach them and um Even though there is some really kind of cheesy stuff to this game, especially looking back, like the story and the voice acting, it's one that I do enjoy going back to. And like when I played it on my Switch not that long ago with the 3D All-Stars collection, it was one that I had a ton of fun revisiting. Even though there's some parts of the game where it's like, oh God, it's this part. It's still one that I do like thoroughly enjoy going back to. And I really just enjoy the tropical paradise uh, setting of the game. Because it reminds me of when I've been to Florida a few times and some of the places that i've been but i also have always just kind of enjoyed um more, more tropical themed stuff i find that kind of a relaxing setting to uh play in a game and just sort of you know unwind with after a long day so mario sunshine for me is not it's not quite as polished i think as like 64 or odyssey but it's still a really uh fun game and one of my favorite gamecube titles uh what do you think about it jaybird or
2: maybe someone else wants to say something i <laughs> I'm sorry. I had my my microphone off. My okay. bad. <laughs>
1: I'm
2: like I'm look. I
1: look back. It's like um everybody's muted. Well, <laughs> been there,
2: done that. <laughs> no um. I, I did like... I like this game a lot myself, um, although the, the flaws in hindsight are increasingly apparent, um, such as they are for a Nintendo game, because even a, even a flawed Nintendo game is almost a masterclass for anybody else in many ways. Um, this, this game was, for me, a kind of study in contrasts with its predecessor, with Super Mario 64. Um, it was more linear and story-driven, uh, than the original, uh, like you were talking about, Yangus. You you had a definite plot going on, a conspiracy, um, of a villain constantly moving around in the story, interfering with you, uh, the uh, infamous Shadow Mario, and the entire premise of the game is that the Piantas cannot distinguish between real flesh-and-blood Mario with glowing blue translucent Mario, who is carrying a giant paintbrush, and... <laughs> i know i know to a certain extent mario has never been you know the greatest storytelling franchise ever but i mean the most blatantly offensive uh mistake mistaken character plot uh is something that this game had one of the thing the few uh poor things this game has to offer because i mean how many Piantas see both Mario's running around at the same time and have have gotten Mario so confused for the uh, for Shadow Mario that they throw him in prison and then demand he go into coerced labor to uh, get them out get them out of trouble?
1: Yeah, it is funny how many times like the Piantas like blatantly see Shadow Mario running ahead of Mario and they're just like, wait a second, you have a twin brother? Like who's that?
0: Why
2: does that huh?
1: guy look like you? <laughs>
2: I, I i have a running theory actually that uh the piantas are colorblind because that is like one of the few ways that we can make sense of this plot um it would have been nice you know for nintendo to clear up the issues because i mean i get the the entire point of a game is to be fun that's uh, basically what it happens a game is something you do for fun um but you know when coming up with a reason for what you're doing, uh, even if it is a really simple reason, it sh- or an excuse plot, um, to use to use some uh, internet jargon about it, it shouldn't be a bad plot. Mario sixty four has unfortunately a bad plot that relies on a lot of basically really dumb characters running the show and Mario being trapped inside their world <laughs> indefinitely. And and some of the and it's not just the Piantas who are really dumb. Um, Peach has a really really big dumb moment in this game too, which has caused not you know endless rumors about uh, Peach's intelligence, uh, but you know about her character because I don't know. Do we care about spoilers on uh, no. Super Mario for a game that came out twenty years all. ago? No. Okay. It's... Good.
1: I think most everybody knows about what spoiler you might be talking about too.
2: So uh-huh.
3: I don't, so, but uh, I don't think I will have the opportunity to play this game very soon. So that's okay.
2: Okay, so um, as you've heard me and Yangus talk about, um, the basic premise of this game is Mario. Uh, Peach is on vacation. She's brought Mario and the gang with her—a bunch of new, t- a bunch of new colored toads and an elderly toad named Toadsworth—and they've all come to. Isle Delfino for a good long time of fun in the sun. And unfortunately, their to- their fun in the sun is woefully interrupted uh, by the criminal actions of one notorious shadow Mario, who looks, you know, it's fair to say, who is doing a great impersonation of Mario except for the fact that he's blue and shiny and you can see through him. But otherwise, I mean, he's got the nose, he's got the mustache, he's got the little punch and the hat. I mean, he's, he's good to go. Um, so the game uh, opens up on the uh, back and forth between Shadow Mario, who has stolen uh, Go Figure 120 shine sprites. I'm sure the number 120 means nothing to you Super Mario 64 players out there um but also uh has been running amok causing problems and covering the island in goop so mario's job is to go back and get them and at about 20 well depends on depends on how you get there but by the time you've opened up the fourth of the major worlds um pianta uh pianta park or pina park pina park that's right um which is an amusement park on a neighboring island in the archipelago uh, for a showdown with Shadow Mario and his giant mechanical Bowser robot, which I'm sure is not totally setting your expectations for who might be involved in all this, this giant Bowser robot. Once you um, defeat the robot in battle, using a roller coaster and rockets, it's, it's a great sequence, I gotta give it that. Uh, Shadow Mario reveals his true identity as uh, Bowser Jr. And during this uh, revelation, he uh, drops one of the biggest bombs in all of Mario history because he's talking about his dad, Bowser, and Mama Peach. And that specifically is the giant bomb because Peach has the worst possible reaction to this. She doesn't freak out she doesn't panic she doesn't deny this obviously false thing but in this moment of what i must assume is shock she openly questions the reality of i'm your mom and the internet exploded because if peach doesn't know that the that the answer is no uh what exactly does that mean and so, you know, you can, I'm, I'm sure you can imagine the immense quantity of rumors and jokes that were going around about this little development. It, which I, you know, just to set a baseline for this, I'm pretty sure this was a bad narrative decision by Nintendo. Nobody was actively implying that Peach is anybody's mom. <laughs> But oh man, the direct the director choices for this was so bad, so bad. It, it this is an it's left an indelible mark on the history of the franchise. Peach's inability to determine whether or not she was Bowser Junior's mom.
1: Yeah, you know they never bring that back up in any Mario game either. It's never <laughs> mentioned again.
2: Yeah, we're just gonna sweep this under the giant rug. We're gonna sweep the whole elephant under in the room under the giant rug. Oh, man. I really mean that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please please never bring it up in an official context ever again.
3: <laughs> and well, you just did. So
2: Well, you know, I'm not official Nintendo. Nintendo can't <laughs> fire me.
1: They got the ninjas to come after. They got the ninjas to come after you if you mention it.
2: Pick yeah, well, you know, a bunch of Italian mustachioed ninjas at my door would be a welcome change. Mhm. <laughs> something will interesting at least say, to do tomorrow there you go
1: i will at least say like even though that is a really dumb plot point with the game i do like how you know bowser does genuinely like at the end of the game um spoiler alert bowser does show up at the tail end of the game as the final boss and he does at least show remorse about lying to his son about that the whole time and even though the voice wait, 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 wait. If, bowser's
0: the boss yeah no
2: but um you know actually no it's a giant bowser <laughs> robot the second
0: the robot the second
2: <laughs> nice you well, so know, when the you
3: first know, robot you... got broken, they built a whole second one. Awesome.
2: Well, the second one doesn't <laughs> technically show up until Super Mario Galaxy, but we'll talk about that later. I just threw that in there because, <laughs> I mean, you guys want to have an extended conversation about the hot tub in the sky?
3: There's a hot tub in the sky?
2: There's a awesome. hot tub in the sky.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, what I was just going to say is that I do at least like how, at the end of the game, once you beat it, that Bowser does like genuinely seem kind of upset the he. You know, lied to his son and i will at least give him credit like they've stuck with that that bowser wants to be a good dad to bowser jr since like in the nintendo like safety parental control videos they always show bowser trying to make sure that bowser jr is being safe so i mean it they keep that characterization from sunshine for the two of them
2: yeah that was a, that was always a nice character moment for bowser this was right around the time where nintendo decided to start Pulling its, uh, pulling its, um, putting its ducks in a row uh, for the Mario franchise and the, and the Mario universe. I, I suppose technically you could read this back into uh, Paper Mario at the end of the N64 era, um, which was after the GameCube officially came out, if I recall correctly. But um, this is where they started getting serious about characterization. They started uh, laying out Bowser's character, um, his relationships with the other characters, and they've been more or less consistent uh, since then. uh, This was also when they started uh, introducing major characters to the franchise. Yangus, you mentioned Egad, Luigi's Mansion. a core character he also showed up in um gamecube era mario party games um and a couple of games on the nintendo ds um like mario and luigi the um partners in time um this was where they started really building out their cast and universe uh, around this time
1: Yes, it's definitely when Mario 60 or sorry, Mario 64 Mario Sunshine is definitely a unique Mario game, too, because like a lot of the enemies that show up in that game, other than um, a few of the characters that show up, really, they don't appear in any other Mario titles like a lot of the enemies that you see wandering around Delfino Island are unique to that game. Like the little strolling stews, which are the big nosed, uh, like goofy, like polka dot pant wearing guys.
2: There's the the tropical Goomba equivalent.
1: Yeah, basically. Uh, you have like the electric shell uh, Koopas, which I think they have a different name, but there's a lot of unique takes on Mario enemies that are unique to that area, which I think they do that just sort of, you know, give it its own like sort of like how um with Pokemon, since we only because we just talked about it, how there was like the Alolan versions of Kanto Pokemon where they like appearances were like totally different. That's sort of the way that I took the game, like even as a kid, like it's the same sort of species, but they look completely unique because of where they're at in the world. And like with the Piantas and the Nokis, they don't really show up a whole lot in Mario games nowadays unless like every now and then they'll they'll pop back up for a game or a spinoff game or something but you know with Mario sunshine you did have a lot of interesting character designs and a lot of cool looking um characters that either would you know really fit into the mario universe or maybe were a little odd but that's kind of why you liked them like one of my favorite characters that pops up in mario sunshine is pd piranha which is this giant uh, uh goofy piranha like big-headed piranha plant-looking monster that bowser jr created with the power of the paintbrush but even though he just kind of shows up as a boss for Bianco Hills in two different missions. He has appeared in so many different Mario games at this point. Like, he was in Mario Double Dash in the GameCube. He was in Mario Slugger or uh, Mario Superstar Baseball in the GameCube. And, like, some of his more recent appearances I have been as a boss in some of the Mario and Luigi RPGs. And I can't think of what the last appearance he made as a character, but I do remember that one of the cool ones to see him pop up in was in Smash brothers Ultimate as the Piranha Plants Final Smash. So it's cool to see, like, a character like P.D. Piranha keeps reappearing again and again
2: yeah pd has been a, a go-to um go-to multiplayer cast i'd say i'd say he's probably on waluigi's level in terms of franchise influence uh, franchise influence um he was also uh big enough to <laughs> he was also big enough to actually show up in um smash brothers brawl as a, as one of the bosses too so i mean i'd say i'd say nintendo considers him a pretty iconic um piranha plant character
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Which I'm glad, too, because he's always, like, when I got him in um, Mario uh, Kart Double Dash, like, I remember that being a really cool surprise that he and King Boo showed up as a pair and that you could use them. That was fun. Even though he's got, like, the biggest head in the game and it's hard to see past him, depending on who you partner him up with, it's still really (laughs) fun to use him. It's still fun to use him, though. I don't care what anybody says.
2: (laughs) This camera was not designed for Petey. It wasn't. Uh, yeah, um, King Boo is another one who showed up a lot, though not as he wasn't quite as big as PD Piranha, I guess. I don't know, maybe it's because he doesn't have legs. But um, he showed up, he became a recurring villain in Luigi's Mansion. Um, they brought him back for two. Um, I haven't seen three. I wonder if he's in, th- yeah, in, he's in three. Yeah, he's in three. Oh yeah, he is? Okay, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I guess, I, I suppose I think it's because uh, having these characters like PD Piranha and King Boo give you Major uh, personal representations of these old school Mario enemy enemy species. Like before, you just had um, you just had regular Boo's and the Boo Buddies. Um, now you have now you have um, King Boo on the one hand, and instead of just generic Piranha Plants, with the sole exception of the newest Smash Brothers so far, uh, you you could go to PD Piranha instead.
1: Anybody have any final thoughts for um, Mario Sunshine before we move on? Your kids have any opinions on it yet, Platy? or are they just kind of like you said, just that they were just kind of messing
0: with it? They were just messing with it. Yeah, the four-year-old like walking around, and I was like, I, I did recognize, like, hey, that's a uh, Delfino from uh, Mario Kart. I know that name. That's a board, right, Delfino I'm, Square? I'm gonna assume that it is, and
1: I don't really play the battle modes much, but I know it's. Um, it's in smash brothers too it's one of the stages delfino plaza is one of the stages you can fight on so you I mean, might have it's, it in it's there not too. a plaza
0: I, I remember driving around it it's got the beach and everything i want to say it might have been on the game boy so now it's on the uh switch version too or the mario kart 8
3: yes it is definitely a level in mario kart i want to say oh, that okay. it might have also been a board in fortune street but i'm not 100 percent sure on that
1: it might have been. I know in um, Mario Kart DS, uh, you drive around Delfino Plaza, and they brought it back in Mario Kart Wii as one of the retro stages. And I know in maybe in Mario Kart 8, it's like one of the battle stages or something. Because I know with all of the courses you can drive on in Mario Kart 8 for the different cups and stuff, there in the Delfino-themed stage. But there is the one stage... Um, Oh god, I don't remember what it is. It's the second course of the Mushroom Cup, but you don't you do get to see the Nokis from Mario Sunshine in that stage. It's like the uh, audience who's watching as you race through the course.
2: It's yeah, been a while they, since I
1: played Mario Kart 8, so I don't really remember all the course names off the top of my head.
2: <laughs> yeah, Delfino Island's shown up a couple of times in in uh, as a representational Mario place. Did we did we mention Mario Kart Double Dash under it? Because it added at least one course to it. Um, Peach Beach and Mario Kart Double Dash is basically just the front end of Isle Delfino with some extra beach added to run around in. You get to pass by the giant Pianta statue in the plaza. All right. I like how you both decided it was time to move on simultaneously. <laughs> I know, it's pretty funny that we did that. It's the uh, And power then,
3: man. I'm going to backtrack a little bit because I looked it up, and Delfino Plaza is a board on Fortune Street Wii. Fun fact. Oh, look at that. There
0: you go. Pulling Dragon Quest back into this.
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had to look it up because I only ever played on the Dragon Quest boards, Uh, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, funny.
0: Well, since we've been enjoying
1: the sunshine, I think it's time we uh, jump off and launch ourselves off into space with super mario galaxy one and two um this was galaxy one came out in 2007 and galaxy two came out in 2010 and galaxy one was uh, one of nintendo's big holiday games for that year in 2007 did the the week came out in 2006 right was that late 2006
2: 2006 2007 around there
1: yeah okay yeah so the you know, with the, the first big Mario 3D game coming out for, you know, it was a big deal that it was coming out at the time. And it, this is one that a lot of people consider to be one of the best Mario platformers. Um, the game starts off with there being... They tell you that there's this comet that passes by the planet every 100 years. And there's a star festival that's going on. Mario goes to the festival. Well, of course, you know, good old Bowser shows up and decides to terrorize the town and tries to kidnap Princess Peach. But this time, instead of just kidnapping her and taking her back to his castle... He uproots the castle from the ground and ends up carrying it off into space with his own fleet, with his own spaceship. And um, I'm going to assume a special made version of his normal airships because they can fly off into space no problem. Uh, Anyway, Mario ends up pursuing after him. He gets blasted off uh, by uh, Magikoopa, ends up floating off into space somewhere. He's saved by this little star creature called Luma, which then eventually introduces Mario to... A woman named Rosalina, who watches over the cosmos and the galaxies, and she explains that she witnessed um, Bowser attack her people, uh, the Lumas, and ended up separating all of their Power Stars across the universe. And she can help Mario find uh, his special someone, meeting Peach, and help uh, Mario reach the center of the universe to rescue prin- the rescue the princess. If he's able to help them recover their power stars in order to help power the uh, cosmic observatory, which is where uh, Rosalina and the Lumas live. So Mario ends up recovering like the first like grand star It open open up, opens up a new area he can go into in the cosmic observatory. And that's how the game plays out until you eventually can confront Bowser at the very end. Uh, Mario, Mario Galaxy 2, sort of the same idea for the story, except. It just kind of ignores what happened in the first game. Bowser comes back, <laughs> steals Princess Peach into space, and is like, Oh, I'm big now. Ha 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 ha. And Mario then has to travel through the galaxy again to rescue Princess Peach. This time, though, on his own starship that looks like his face. <laughs> but, um, I'm just the gonna. Mario give a cool, face ship. Yeah, baby, yeah. The Mario. Yep. The Mario face ship. <laughs> but, um,. I'm just I gonna always give m- I sorry, always miss the
3: observatory from uh, going into Galaxy Two. The observatory was a cool uh, sort of overworld to explore.
1: yeah, it definitely is. I do like Starship Mario Two because of all the residents that can pop up in it from all the different galaxies and stuff. I thought that was a nice little touch. but um I'm just gonna give a quick my quick opinions because I'll be honest, I really don't like Galaxy One all that much. I- I really, this is probably my least favorite Mario game that I've played Meanwhile, Galaxy 2 I really like I had gotten Galaxy 1 for uh, Christmas the year it came out it was okay I was kind of disappointed it didn't focus on like 3D exploration in space like I thought it was going to not that the idea of it doing the more linear like you know reach the end of the stage get the star sort of thing was a bad idea but it wasn't what I had been expecting um, I played through it You know, beat it 100% with Mario and Luigi but it really wasn't something that I felt like I really wanted to go back to other than when I decided to give it another try on the 3D All-Stars collection when that came out uh, a few months ago and really, even though the game felt better to play it with an actual controller, I still just wasn't really that into it and I remember when I was getting to the end of trying to beat it with Mario that I was just getting so frustrated with some of the mechanics of that game Luckily with Galaxy 2, I did not feel like I had that problem. I think since I kind of knew what to expect, I found myself enjoying Galaxy 2 more. But Galaxy 2, I thought they also were able to really improve on the gravity mechanics and the... Excuse me. On the gravity mechanics and uh, the exploration side of things. Like It felt like 2 had a better balance of, of uh, Galaxies where you got to like fully explore them like a 3D Mario game. Uh and then you had some stages that were a bit more linear. It felt like there was a better balance, even though I do think like the story and the narrative stuff for Mario Galaxy 1 was a lot better than Galaxy 2. But both of them, they're, Ga- Galaxy, I mean, they're both good games, don't get me wrong. I just really am not that big of a fan of Galaxy 1. Galaxy 2 felt like a much better step in the right direction, I think, for what they were trying to do with the Galaxy idea. Uh, but I will give these games credit that they have some pretty great orchestral... Mario music, and it's one of the first times that you had an orchestra playing in a Mario game for the different music and the different tunes that you hear as you explore. Like Galaxy One has some of my favorite Mario th- themes, like Battle Rock Galaxy and the uh, Buoy Bass Galaxy, which it's a shame you only get to hear that song one time in Galaxy One, but it's such a good song. Buoy Bass has such a cool theme, I love it. But yeah, it's um first game, not big fan of second game, I like it a lot, but what do you guys think about the Galaxy games?
2: Yeah, Galaxy was a was was an interesting one in in the franchise because um, I think, I, like I mentioned before, Nintendo groups Mario game three D Mario games into your sandbox exploration and your course clear, and Galaxy was the first of the course clear games, but it's also trying to be it. It doesn't want to commit to the full course clear uh, aspect yet. It's still got a lot of. Um, baggage from its uh, sandbox exploration roots because i mean what everyone was expecting was another sandbox exploration game like the trend that mario 64 and um, sunshine had had set Uh, so that transition was jarring it was also i (laughs) think it was also interesting in that uh, nintendo took a more deliberate I, I, i suppose i want to put it uh call it approach to their story this time because this game also had, Galaxy One had a lot of story in it Um, but unlike the uh, really clumsy and occasionally dumb story from uh, Sunshine, it had more deliberate emotional setup, it had more deliberate payoffs um, it starts you off on a big throwback to Mario 64 of all things Um, Mario uh, gets invited to the castle um, for a little celebration they're having, and as you travel through what basically amounts to Toad Town, which was a nice uh, reward for some old uh, Paper Mario players, I'm sure, you get to go back and see the GameCube era's take on the classic Mario 64 castle and castle grounds, including the long, sweeping path from the left... Uh, over the bridge, over the lake to the right, and the castle itself, right in the center. And then Bowser shows up, and he's got his classic iconography. He's got his bat, his uh, flying battleship ships from um, Super Mario Brothers Three. He's launching the all-out assault. He lifts the castle into space again um, and starts off on this. And that was a very, that was a very deliberately epic. Um, opening to the story and sets the epic mood for this outer space adventure and um, and while the main game doesn't have a lot of story they were wise enough to back away from that rather than having um, a kind of villain running around and messing things up for you Um, they only actually included a lot of the intermediate story tucked away uh, explaining who Rosalina was giving her uh, a poignant backstory um, which earned her obviously a lot of fans, and then they had their big epic confrontation with Bowser at the at the end of the climax of the game. Uh, their battle in the middle of a newborn star, a, a star in the middle of being born, which was so. Wow. The, there's a very deliberate grand adventure tone to all this, and that, or like the orchestrated soundtrack you mentioned earlier um they they very clearly were making it as big and bold as they could. this is this was the the first of the epic Mario games.
1: Any thoughts on this one, Blue?
3: Yeah, so this was so the Wii was one of the first uh, home consoles that I actually owned. Um so Super Mario Galaxy was one of the first you know big games that we had for that system. Um And I spent a lot of time as a kid playing games with my brother, even though, you know, a lot of a, a lot of games, RPGs, are single-player. Um, but we made it work, and one of the nice things about Galaxy is that there is actually a way to sort of insert a second player, kind of, a little bit. Uh, so, essentially, my brother would do all of the really hard platforming, and I would point it remote at the screen and wiggle it around and collect all the shiny star bits. Uh, so
2: that was a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was always fun to do with it was uh, a lot of else.
3: Fun. Um, so I didn't actually play this game. I, I I did, but not not in the way that I actually understand the platforming. Um, but I did experience it, and just sort of the atmosphere of it is something that I remember a lot. Um, and with the second player mechanics, they actually updated those in uh, Galaxy Two where Mario actually has a Luma that follows him around and that Luma can actually hold enemies and, you know, stop platforms from moving and, you know, so- sometimes it would be helpful because I could save my brother, but then other times I would stop a platform that he was expecting to move and uh kill him. So, it it it's a catch 22.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll say that I do like how they changed the two player thing and um mario galaxy 2 it was i thought it was a little more um connectable i guess the word i would use with a second player using that little orange luma that would follow mario around because i had a few times where i was able to do the multiplayer with uh, cousins of mine and i know he liked kind of having control of that little orange luma and it was like oh that's me and that's me i'm helping out and um (laughs) i will say with galaxy 2 like even though it just kind of ignores what happened story-wise with the first game i do like how at the tail end of the game you do get to see rosalina again you know she shows up and she thanks you for helping out the galaxy and how uh the sort of helper character of galaxy two lubba who's like the he he's kind of the rosalina of that game except nobody likes him because i assume it's because he's fat and purple i don't know (laughs) Um, but uh
3: strictly uh, because he's not rosalina
1: (laughs) yeah i'm sure but um he is the one that helps you out, and you know he has his connections to uh, Rosalina, and you do get a nice surprise if you go for per, like 100%ing this game and that Rosalina will actually uh, join the, the crew of Starship Mario, sort of a special guest character. But um, there's one thing about the Galaxy 1 and 2 games that we have not mentioned, and I feel like we should, and that's that a certain green clad brother is finally playable for the first time in one of these 3d games that's not counting a remake on the ds super luigi galaxy uh you actually do get unlock luigi as a playable option in mario galaxy 1 and 2 uh mario galaxy 1 you have to collect 120 stars and your reward is that you get to go to a special world which is then the ability from the title screen to click uh to play as Uh, play through the whole game again as luigi he is faster than mario he can jump higher than mario he's got his usual like less traction than mario does like Luigi's gonna have a hard time stopping in place but if you end up going you could then basically get the chance to replay the game if you want to from the start as luigi uh meanwhile in galaxy 2 i It's been a while since I played that one, but I believe in Galaxy 2, you unlock Luigi after uh, you either free him from somewhere or you collect enough stars. And eventually they're like, oh, well, now there's a special guest here on the starship. If you walk through that door, uh, he might come out. So that way, then you can in the same save file, instead of having to like replay the game from scratch, you actually can swap between Mario and Luigi whenever you want to when you're on Starship Mario. So it's kind of a nice way to let you kind of change of how the game plays as you're going if you want to.
2: I didn't know you could do that. Um, I I never played Galaxy Two myself, so um oh, okay. All, all I, I all I know about it is a handful of tidbits in Faceship Mario, which, if I recall correctly, got it used as some kind of um, court, uh, either a course or an arena in either Smash Brothers or one of the Mario Kart games. I forget. That's yeah. about as much as I know about it.
1: Yeah, Starship Mario is one of the stages you can play on in. A- fortune street on the wii uh, it also appears in the mario galaxy stage in smash brothers uh you can see it in the background flying around as you're fighting on the arena and it's it's appeared a few other times i believe but usually it's used kind of as like a background set piece sort of like how the cosmic observatory might show up in the background somewhere mm-hmm. but um you yeah, one of the things i did like about galaxy 2 like i said uh, with galaxy 1 it was mainly that when you got new um power stars or new grand stars like the cosmic observatory would expand itself and new areas would open up and more lumas would start showing up but with galaxy 2 as you're playing through the game and you complete different missions uh the various different species of characters that you meet across the game will end up joining the crew of uh starship mario so like You'll end up getting the little robot guys, the Gearmos. you get the little guys made out of wood, uh, you get a, a, a bomb buddy at one point, you get uh, little rabbits, there's some other characters that join too. I think the only species of friendly creatures that does not end up joining Starship Mario as a crew member at some point is uh, the Piantas that you can run into, and they only appear in like one or two of the beach themed galaxies, which... You know, whatever. But I thought well, that was a cool little detail that as you played, like, these empty spaces would get filled up with these different creatures that you met as, as you journeyed across uh, the galaxy. And it was it was cool to, even though they really didn't do a whole lot to help out, it was kind of cool to see all these different uh, species and faces who were joining up to help out Mario and just, you know, travel with him as he was exploring the galaxy on Starship Mario to uh, find Peach again. That was a cool little touch.
2: Well, I mean, after Sunshine, who would want to pee on on, pee on, on their crew? <laughs> I mean, really, that was that was not a great introduction for the species, big and dumb and angry. <laughs> well, see,
1: the sc- the scariest one would be if it was one of those Chuckster versions that would show up.
2: Cause... Yeah, the Chucksters. <laughs> Chucksters are pretty good. Yeah. Maybe one of those. Uh, maybe one of those. Uh, mafioso Piantas from the Thousand Year Door. There and, you go.
1: There you go. That'd I, I
2: could tolerate one of them on on board.
1: That would be fun. But yeah, that was um, something with sunshine. We didn't mention that there's certain pianos that when you talk to them that they will end up throwing mario like at a far distance and one of the special stages you have to do requires you to use them to advance through it and if you pick the wrong ones you'll get flung in the wrong direction or they'll fling you farther than what the platforms are spaced out at so if one of those chucksters showed up in mario galaxy and threw you off into space you might not be coming back Mm
2: It's always kind of a. I was always kind of a grueling challenge because that it was mostly a guessing game. I mean, like which which of these throwing piantas, which of these chucksters would throw you in the right It sp- would throw you far enough or in the right direction. I mean, I, w- there was really no way to tell in advance. Very very little way. And I think one of them, you had to position yourself right. You had to catch him right in the middle of in the right spot of his right of his walking cycle because he would be walking around in a circle, and you had to get him at the right spot in the right direction and then he would throw you if you got any of it wrong well too bad there goes an extra life yep Um,
1: i dealt with that when i was replaying sunshine a a little while ago and i know exactly what part you're talking about which oh god you're off you get off by just a little bit and you're just screwed you got to redo the whole thing it's awful there are
2: 360 degrees in this circle and you got the wrong one You were wrong by one. Too bad you're dead. Uh, yeah, Mario, Mario, Mario did not have a lot of great um, history with gimmicks. I think that was one of the um, triumphs, actually, to, of the original Super Mario 64, because it was actually very gimmick-free. You You had a very specific section, selection of things you could do. You could jump in certain ways, you could move in certain ways. Occasionally, you could pick up a certain thing and it would behave in a different way. A bob would explode after a bit and give you a coin, or you'd, ha- or you'd get one of those jumping boxes and it would take you on a little tour of your local airspace uh, that you could use to get around, but the gimmicks were actually uh, very rare. Um, mostly the gimmick was you could pick stuff up. Um, but then you get into get, then you got into Sunshine, where the flood is basically just one giant gimmick, um, and you can you can attach new new things to do or change things out. And Galaxy One had gimmick. Galaxy One had a lot of very experimental context based gimmicks. Uh, the flood was basically attached to your back the whole time. But you also but in Galaxy you had bamboos that you could spin in a circle by waving the Wii mode around. Uh, You could travel, you you could enter into um, those little star cannons whose name escapes me, and then you could go rocketing off into some direction. Uh, You could uh, get caught up in a special kind of magic bubble, and you could kind of pull yourself along from one special star to another uh, to navigate a path, or you could end up in these sticky slingshot pods, and you'd pull them back and and send Mario shooting off in the right direction. Very experimental uh, lots of context-based, a lot very very contextual. Um, Galaxy Two, from what I from what I know of the game, was more deliberate and came up with specific items or objects for you to interact with. You had your drill, you had those uh, drills that you could use to t- burrow through dirt um, in specific directions. Yeah, also um, one of the objects they brought back was th- was a throwback to uh, Super Mario World where you could do um or you could play, uh use baby yoshis. They brought back the baby yoshis uh from this game which hadn't been seen since Super Mario World because Yoshi's Yoshi's uh, story went in a very deliberate uh new direction for the Yoshi design um and the baby yoshis were kind of lost to history until Galaxy 2 brought them back.
1: Um there's no baby yoshis in galaxy there's um there's regular yoshi but there's not baby yoshis
2: no you're right i'm sorry i got it confused with um super mario brother one of the super Mar new super mario brothers games yeah that's uh, my new super mario Scratch. brothers you yeah delete everything i said in the past three minutes that was dumb <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> Yeah, cause our, our, yeah, it was um, Wii U, I think it was, because um, they had yeah, the expanding Yoshi. But they had Yoshi, and Yoshi was back, and you could do different things uh, with Yoshi, depending on the context. That's right, I remember now.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, Yoshi does show up in various stages, and he actually does show up in um, Starship Mario 2 that you can use to mess around with him and you know kind of get used to his controls and everything, too. But um, Yoshi does have different power-ups in the game, sort of like how Mario does, where if Yoshi eats like a particular fruit in dark areas, he can you know, light up the path for you, create a, like, a, a visible path that you can see, because otherwise if you, you're you just going to fall to your doom if you don't. Uh, there's um, the blue fruit, which, which makes Yoshi fly for a little bit, sort of like how in um, Super Mario World he could fly if he had a, if, if you had a blue Yoshi, he could fly if he had a shell. And there was one other power. Oh, it was a um, speedy Yoshi, where you would use him to eat, like, this spicy pepper, and he would go, like, running at super high speeds to help you climb up walls and slippery terrain and stuff that you normally couldn't, you know, wall jump up or or walk up yourself. So they did, they were at least able to implement Yoshi in useful ways and and fun ways too. It didn't feel like it was just sort of a forced way to play like the spring Mario power-up, which is just so ungodly annoying to use.
3: (laughs) I like how the first time power-ups came up in this discussion was Yoshi power-ups and not even Mario power-ups. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I suppose, for the sake of honesty, I should say go ahead and keep my my gaff in there because otherwise we're just going to have Yangus and Blue starting randomly talking about Yoshi's out of nowhere. Got to keep <laughs> we got to keep that transitional data in there so people I don't can do make that sense much editing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've seen the offer how you pauses edit.
0: are gone; everything else stays. Yeah. All right. So is that the end of the galaxy? yeah well, I think so. Although, I think there's
1: just one more thing we have to say. Welcome, new galaxy! There we go. Okay, now we're done. Now we can go on to the next <laughs> one. Uh,
2: sweep that moment under the rug with Bowser Jr. <laughs> Alright, well... Um,
3: so we stopped uh, experiencing the sunshine only to launch ourselves into space, which uh, I thought was a very melodramatic reaction. So what what is your transition this time, Yangus?
1: Well, you know, after flying around <laughs> space for a while, we just kind of crash landed back on Earth, dusting ourselves off. And, you know, I think it's time we explore a new land or maybe a new world. So <laughs> I think we should start talking about Super Mario 3D land and Super Sorry. Mario 3D world. You know, got to keep our horizons fresh. Just keep moving. You know, dust the, dust the space dust off our various overalls there we go uh but the next games we're gonna talk about are super mario 3d land and super mario 3d world uh, even though they both of them were on different consoles but both of them have sort of the same ideas going for them for how they uh, progress level wise uh super mario 3d land was originally released on the 3ds as in the first year it came out and i believe it was nintendo's big one of their big games of the christmas season of 2011 and it's you know it's just a mar- it's there's not much for it for story-wise. It's a 3D Mario, it's a Mario game uh, that's based on 3D exploration, but with a, you know, reach the end goal sort of style. It's basically like if you took uh, Mario Brothers 1, 2, or 3, but you gave them a 3D twist. But the nice thing is that the levels are short, you know, just like a, the older Mario games, so it's pretty quick to get through it. Pretty standard plot, Princess Peach gets kidnapped by Bowser, but this time they actually brought back a classic power-up. Uh, the tanuki suit and Mario can end up finding the special like leaves like he was able to find in uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. he can use the suit to fly around use the tail to hit enemies and eventually you can get a special version of it where he can turn into a stone statue uh, by pushing the R button as a ground pound. Um, 3D world though was uh, the sequel game of sorts that came out about two three years later for the Wii U as one of its big games for the for that holiday season. Uh, this time though with 3d world, they made it so instead of just being a single player adventure you can actually play it with up to four people and it actually brings back a feature that was in uh, Super Mario Brothers 2 uh, from the NES which is where in that game you can play as Mario, Luigi, Princess, Peach, or Toad. They brought that back for uh, Super Mario World or Super, sorry, super Mario 3D World so you could be playing with a buddy and whether you're playing by yourself or with, you know, three other friends, you can pick whichever character you want. Like if you are playing by yourself, you can play through the whole game as, as a Princess Peach or Toad if you wanted to. Or if you're playing with your friends, you know, you guys could switch out who you play as on every stage and everybody plays a little differently from one another. But the story in that game is that Mario and company are just enjoying shooting stars as they're flying across the sky. They come across this strange... Uh, clear see-through pipe, almost like a glass pipe almost. Uh, Mario and Luigi finally do some plumbing skills and actually fix up the warp pipe, and from that a little uh, sprixie, which is just a little uh, Mario version of a pixie pretty much, comes out, explains what's going on in her world. Bowser pops up, captures her, and from there Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, and Toad go off to save these little sprixies in their own kingdom which i think it's just called the sprixie kingdom it's spread across like seven different continents but um both games sort of have the same goal where you start where you could just you walk through you choose what stage you want to it's a with a level selector Uh, Your then goal is to reach the end of the stage, you know, get to the top of the flagpole and move on, you know, beat Bowser, whatever boss is at the end of the world and you keep going on till you beat the game. But these are games that, especially with Super Mario 3D Land, it's great for a quick little pick me up sort of game because it's levels don't take too awful long. I think I read an interview where they actually designed levels to be beaten within a couple of minutes. So if people were commuting or if people were traveling, they could get in like a level or two you know, close their 3DS and then could continue on with their day. And then when they had the next chance to open it, they could play another level or two, close the, the you know, this was meant for quick bursts. Whereas with the 3D world, since it was on a, a home console, they were able to make levels bigger, a little more expansive, a lot more details to them. And with four players, you know, playing at once, they were able to implement uh, some cool new mechanics and different power-ups like the cat suit. So you could uh, help give some of the players who might be, a bit of a disadvantage of ways to uh, keep up with the rest of the players a little faster since they can run a little faster they can climb up walls and do some other cool stuff like the, the cat pounce attack but i do enjoy both of these ones 3d land i replayed not long after i beat it the first time on my 3ds i remember being pretty much glued to my 3ds when i got it for christmas that year and i was able to do a lot of multiplayer with super mario 3d world with some of my buddies who are back from college. And, you know, really, even if you don't go for 100% for the game, it's fun just to play through it with uh, some friends if you have them uh, around, which it is coming out again next year on the Switch with uh, some new content called Bowser's Fury. It's hard to say if we're going to still be dealing with a lot of the COVID stuff at that point. Since that's unfortunately going on right now. But you know, once that all gets over, if you have some family in your house so you can play some 3D Mario, it's 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 a fun game to play it through. I would definitely recommend um Super Mario 3D World, whether you have a Wii U you still sitting around that you haven't really used much, or if you're looking for a new game to add to your Switch collection, that, that that would be a good one to pick up. I don't know what the new content's gonna bring, but with what's already present in the game that they're gonna be bringing to the Switch, I mean it's it's well worth getting. It's a lot of fun. But what I do you guys sh- think about what do you guys I think about? I
3: actually didn't know that it was getting a re-release so that's actually really cool
2: i would love to get the re-release i i i i missed out on a lot of uh 3ds wii u switch era games because that was when i started college and my time went away um (laughs) so i i i fell behind on a lot of uh gaming uh from that era so i'm still slowly catching up um but, uh, getting a chance to play three uh, d world, which I've heard phenomenal things about uh, would be great uh, at some point in the future. I would love to do that.
3: Yeah, it's a really good time. Um, so I'm noticing, as you know, I was you know sort of collecting all of my thoughts for today, that all of my Mario experience is basically based in multiplayer. Um, it's Platformers aren't really something that I'll play on my own, but with a friend and mostly with my brother. Uh, he counts as a friend, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, better that he does sure. than he doesn't.
3: I guess, yeah, sure. Uh, but it's a great time to just run around in a world with, you know, two to four other people. Um, one of the fun mechanics multiplayer-wise from the game is actually that the player who gets the most points in a level actually gets a crown and if you finish the next level with that crown you get an additional 5000 points so it's it's basically the rich get richer but it it can result in some pretty fun uh shenanigans with trying to steal the crown from one another so that's that's kind of a fun uh just sort of mini thing that comes into the game. Uh, I did play most of the game as Princess Peach because she can float and I am bad at aiming jumps.
2: <laughs> but it is... It is... Shush. Great. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> she knows. She knows what i to say.
3: Oh... <laughs> uh... But uh, some of the some of the levels, it is actually important to pick different characters because there are certain uh, collectible stars that you have to hit a button for a specific character in order to actually unlock that star. So if you find a button that you know has a Luigi symbol on it, you might have to come back later with Luigi. Um, there was also an interesting minigame in three d world that was uh, Captain Toad would go around a level and he wasn't allowed to jump but he could you know navigate through this 3d level to find you know it's usually five different stars um and it was actually a cool enough little mini game that it ended up becoming its own standalone game called captain toad treasure tracker or something of the like that was just a collection of a ton of these you know little cubicle type worlds, you know, that this character that can't jump but can walk around and press buttons and all those things just to navigate and collect things. So it was a really cool sort of concept that got uh, introduced and in the words of my brother, the last level of that side game was a 50 floor randomizer dungeon that was pure pain.
1: Um, but. <laughs> that sounds about right.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I unfortunately I, I mentioned that I missed out on this uh game, but I, I do know how Blue plays multiplayer. uh She she likes airtime. She she can stay in the air. She can correct for almost anything. So
3: gives me more time to think about what I've done <laughs>
2: after you've done it. Yes.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um. Since uh, since you've played this one, Blue, did you guys ever end up uh, getting to the post game content and unlocking the bonus fifth character?
3: We did, and I was very excited about that. Um, you know, being the girl into video games, and there aren't always a lot of female playable characters in games. And I, I'm I'm not a huge fan of Princess Peach. Uh, Zelda is the better video game Nintendo princess. But unlocking that fifth character was very exciting for me.
2: Yeah, Peach's glory days where I think, like late Nintendo 64, and even then, only if you read the, the profiles. Because Peach is actually, you know, to read all the official profiles, a, a very crafty character. Um, but, you know, not that you ever play a game that takes advantage of it, no. Um, but, you know, back in the 64 days, she hid like all, over a dozen um, stars from Bowser, um, and she apparently put them. Through some fairly rigorous testing to make sure that only certain people could get to them, I'm not entirely sure how she does that. Like, here's a star you can get if you get if you go down this slide, and here's an extra star if you go if you that you can get if you get an x if you get it within 21 seconds.
1: Yeah, I, I can attest for that one because that fucking star was <laughs> the one that I couldn't get for years. So I don't know about. <laughs> it. Thanks, Pete.
3: I'm very happy that Jay didn't make me go back and beat that 21 second time limit. Someone else did that on our playthrough. <laughs> I hate slides, if that wasn't clear. I hate them.
2: Slides are awesome. I don't know what you're talking about.
3: <laughs> I guess one other fun thing from 3D World, because I, I did play a couple levels with my brother just over the weekend. Um, So there are slide levels in it, and it's actually where you're riding the sea dragon named Plessy. It's interesting because when you have multiple players all all of the players control the same uh, character that is going down this water slide. So it, it it can get pretty chaotic if you're if one person wants to go right and the other person wants to go left, one person wants to slow down. Oh, we're jumping here now. I guess I guess. So oh no, there's that star. It's gone now. Oh well. Next Switch time, I guess. plays, Pokémon.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Man, I didn't know about that with Plessy. I guess we didn't play those ones in multiplayer. So <laughs> when I played that with my buddies, I maybe somebody knew just to stay away from those kind of levels. I don't know. Because but... <laughs> one of my friends that I played it with, he did have the game too. So maybe he sort of knew to avoid that one. <laughs> but um, yeah, multiplayer in Mario 3D World is pretty fun. I usually went with Toad, but I'm like that in Super Mario Bros. 2 as well. Because I kind of like how Toad's like the fast one and the strong one, but even though he can't jump very well, like he can still just mess up enemies or anything that gets in his way. And it's fun. It was fun playing through that game one time, just using Toad, uh, uh, Super Mario 3D World to be precise. Uh, just using Toad because you can beat stages really fast with him if you know like where to go and where to jump at correctly and how to you know deal with his really short range jump. And that is one of the things I like is that all the characters do play you know a little differently from one another, so you can experience the game in different ways if you uh, do end up playing by yourself or if you're playing with multiple people like you can still get that sort of um difference of experiences with the characters you know now platty i'm sure you have a lot to say about these two games because we know that you're well versed in the wii u and especially the 3ds so (laughs) we would love to hear your thoughts about these two games in particular if you don't mind
3: thank you Plenty. that was very concise
1: he was drinking a beer while well, well, he was a saying his thoughts so that's why we couldn't hear him but, let's uh, see the
3: wii u
0: <laughs> 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 Platty's
1: like oh yeah yeah the wii u that was um as a thing
0: <laughs> that was a thing no my brother-in-law had one and one time i did a round of mario kart on it that was it completely <laughs> it I've, I've never even seen a wii u other than one time, six, seven years ago. Actually, it had to be eight years ago, because my son was not yet born. <laughs> so, and, uh, yeah, you know, I've got as much Mario experience on the 3DS as I do on the Wii U. So we'll just leave it at that. Well, there we go. <laughs> now, the next game, I- I've actually played for maybe an hour.
1: Um, hold, on before we, ho- wait, hold on, before we go on, Platty, I think you might kind of be going robo just a little bit. What? Already? Maybe well, maybe not. Hold on. Keep say something for a little bit. I thought, I I thought it sounded like your voice was kind of doing that um you know when you speak into a fan like that sort of warbling effect. It <laughs> I sounded it like that cool for a bit.
2: You got you got it some did. lag on your end Platt, but it disappeared really fast. You're doing normal now from what I hear. All
0: right. Well, that's okay. good. All right. All right. Never mind then. It can happen. Maybe so it's a my whole uh, space hour heater.
3: On the next game
0: <laughs> that, that, that'd be like an entire odyssey length game or entire odyssey length talk
2: What? but do no. we have an iliad game do we have do we no, have yeah you, you were going to talk about super mario iliad you you are super
1: hey now. homer has nothing to do <laughs> with this next game we're talking about okay i don't know why no, you guys it's bring it's up in. iliad and hit you don't don't <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, uh, but to <laughs> well, since we've gone through so many other adventures, and since I can't think of a good transition for this last one, we're gonna go on another another short adventure. So this time, we're gonna talk about Super Mario Odyssey. All right,
0: someone start going.
3: <laughs> but Yangus and Odyssey is not a short adventure.
0: <laughs> are these all kind of short adventures, though? Really, the audience doesn't know this. <laughs> well, i mean,
2: you I actually played super this mario one odyssey. a
0: little bit with my son okay platy you talk first then i, I will i will um
1: well, I <laughs> I was just talking, one.
2: nobody's listening to me <laughs> are we gonna turn this car around this odyssey is already turning out to be a trip
1: <laughs> hey you just gotta jump up in the air you know we're not there yet
2: all we need is a really really nice jazzy soundtrack to go with it that's something we <laughs> really need because you guys said super mario odyssey and i immediately start hearing the, the horns blaring <laughs> Ba, 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 ba,
1: ba, we just ba, gotta ba, jump up in the air, jump like you just don't care Jump up and make all your cares go away
2: That's
0: your cue, Platy, start going <laughs> all right. So this summer we were at my brother-in-law's house Back to the Wii U discussion um, But uh, my kid's cousin, my niece, was playing this And my gosh, I think they played for like four hours one morning when we were over there. I didn't we all kinda slept in, all the adults slept in since we were up so night so long the night before and woke up late and was like, Man, the kids have been playing for a while and I think it was around noon we were like, okay, I think the kids have been on the Switch for like four hours straight. And my son was like, Daddy, we gotta get Super Mario Odyssey. We gotta get it. You can play as a hat, you can do everything. So I got it because both kids could play. And the four year old Played as Cappy the whole time. Um, I think only twice I had to step in because my older son was getting uh, so angry. He's like, Daddy, I can't beat this boss because my brother can't do anything. So um, I do remember specifically playing two bosses. Uh, There was an octopus one where uh, we're running around in the water and then Bowser at the end. I had to help with. And I think both times I was kind of like half asleep on the couch and the kids were like poking me like, wake up, wake up, daddy. Come on, we need your help. <laughs> wake up. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you're I, a
2: resource. I would be
0: resourceful. Listen, I got I, I got like the sixth man award. I came off the bench, hit a couple threes, went right back on the bench. Uh, we lost the octopus fight the first time. But one Bowser the first time, so I, you know, I was fifty percent coming in and scoring right away. But uh, this one, my kids definitely loved quite a bit, and I, I think this is one of the first games that I was pretty proud um, of my six-year-old now seven-year-old that he beat like pretty much completely on his own and doing it by like reading things on the screen and like actually kind of knowing where to go next and stuff. So I did have fun as Cappy the few times I did get to play it.
2: I gotta say, you can play as a hat. It's probably the best ad copy I've ever heard. <laughs> I I never played this game myself. It's on the list of of the many things I intend to do someday. Um, it's on the like list. Like,
3: finish Dragon Quest Eleven.
2: Yes, yes, thank you, Blue. Ouch. ouch. Thank <laughs> you, Blue. I was like, hmm, how can I set up an obvious dunk for Blue to give her something to do in this conversation? <laughs> and you, know, you know what um, they
1: say. Come on and slam and welcome to the jam. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, this. I I never played this game myself, but I remember the the storm of advertising that they gave it because this was the big new thing for the Nintendo Switch. And this was, I think, like the front line, uh, the vanguard of the Switch era.
1: Was this the and launch s- title? No, this one no, came was out um, no. November of
0: two, of. Uh, 2017.
2: Okay, so half a year. Okay, so after. that that clears something up in my memory because this game got a lot of advertising. They had dance numbers. They had uh, exploratory <laughs> footage. They, they they did have dance numbers. Did you guys ever see that ad? They had a bunch of um yep. uh, quasi New York salarymen uh, dancing around in sequence with some um, Chanteuse, uh clearly meant to be Pauline uh, singing singing along. Um, and it was it was it was a big um it was a big thing the advertising for this game and uh in in the haze of my memory i convinced myself that was because um it was a it was supposed to be um a launch title for the switch but now that i uh i've been uh, informed it wasn't i guess it was all for the game itself so nintendo clearly (laughs) put a lot of pride and i mean uh of course they did mario's their flagship
1: I mean, I think the advertising was well worth it because Super Mario Odyssey is a very, very, very good game. Like it's this was one that when it was coming out at first and like we got to see a lot of the trailers for it back at E3 2017. Uh, I was at a different job at the time and it was unfortunately one that was a bit of a stressful one. So seeing this really cool looking Mario game coming out was sort of like. Okay, that's you know really you know that's good something good to look forward to then as the year went on. Um, I did not get my switch until uh, last year in the summer after I'd been at my current job and you know had gotten a few paychecks under my belt, and I decided that I was finally going to buy a switch. You know get. Know get that finally taken care of so I could finally own one and you know catch up with these Nintendo games I've missed out on. And one of the first games I picked up with it was uh, Super Mario or was Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and Super Mario Odyssey. And I ended up playing Super Mario Odyssey like maybe a day after I got my Switch because I jumped right into Smash. But Super Mario Odyssey was one that at first I wasn't 100 percent sure about. But then once I really got to explore like the first one of the first major kingdoms, the Sand Kingdom, the game just totally clicked with me. This is what I would say is one of the best games to uh, be another evolution for like the 3D exploration platformer kind of game and is a really good step up from what uh, Mario 64 and what Mario Sunshine did. Like I ended up playing Mario Odyssey mostly on my days off from work just so I could kind of keep the game fresh so I didn't get too, you know, burnout with it or anything. And every time that I would end up starting it like on the morning of my days off, I would end up playing it for a good long while and and it always felt new and fresh every single time. Um, what I really enjoy about Odyssey is that you get to see more of the world that Mario lives in. So it's not just like taking place in the Mushroom Kingdom at, at just as like the only place you go to. You actually get to travel to these other kingdoms all across the world that Mario and them live in. Like you end up going to the Cap Kingdom, which is where you meet uh, the little spirit guy Cappy, who joins you to help you rescue Princess Peach and his uh, sister Tiara, who Bowser has also kidnapped. Uh, You go to the Cascade Kingdom, which has these giant dinosaur fossils. You actually get to control a T-Rex there, too. Uh, You get to go to the Metro Kingdom, which is where it's styled after New York City and other big... You know, Metropolis areas And that's where you meet Pauline And it actually has a lot of cool references to uh, The Donkey Kong series which is why It's called New Donk City Kind of a little reference to him And there's a a lot of other really cool locations that you go to In this game so you really do get that sort of World traveler feel from it As you go through and uh, one of the big Things with this game was the Cappy Power up or I guess he's more of an Ally than a power up he's kind of a little Bit of both I guess Uh, Cappy's a character you get like right at the beginning of the game after Mario gets sent to the Cap Kingdom. Uh, He ends up joining Mario to save his sister, uh, like I said. And with Cappy's power, you're able to control different creatures and different enemies and sometimes different objects, too, just depending on like what the situation might call for. So you might have a a point like at the beginning of the game where there's really high cliffs that Mario can't normally jump up with his standard jump or his triple jump. You can actually then use Cappy to capture a frog, which then will funny enough get Mario's uh, big blue eyes and his big old mustache. Like, everything that Mario can capture usually gets that character trait, or, or gets that physical trait to it with the mustache and, and the blue eyes. And Mario can then jump up really high with the power of the frog. Uh, there's different ones you get, like there's Cheep Cheeps uh, in water areas. So you can breathe underwater no problem, swim around easily, Uh, You do get an attack if you shake your controller, and there's other ones that you might only get to really use them one time, but it's really fun to see what the game, like, sort of provides you, the player, to overcome some of the challenges and and obstacles as you play through the game. And since this is a 3D uh, exploration-based Mario game, you do get a lot of areas that you can... Like, if you are someone that really enjoys combing through... um, like Super Mario 64 or Super Mario Sunshine, like I did as a kid, and just really seeing like what all you could find just from my exploring. Like you can get a ton of time out of uh, Mario Odyssey because a lot of these kingdoms have so many secrets to find. A lot of hidden moons, some that are hidden in plain sight, some that are, are require you to use certain enemies, some that require you to use different um, costume combinations, which you can purchased from Mario, um, other ones that just, you know, have tricky platforming. There's a lot of different ways you can find moons and a lot of different ways that you can explore these levels. And that's why I just absolutely love this game when I played it. I think this is one of the few times where after I beat a game completely, I wanted to replay it immediately again. That's one of the few times I've had that in recent years. And I... Well, Mario Odyssey was one that I was really looking forward to back when it was first announced, so getting to finally play it in 2019 was a really great experience, and just to see what all sorts of stuff it was able to do with a Mario game. Like, the last area of the game that you travel to uh, before the credits roll and where you end up going to save Princess Peach, I think I jokingly said to Platy at one point when I was playing the game last year, it's like, oh yeah you watch the game's going to end up going to this point and it ended up actually doing it <laughs> <laughs> and i was remember being so shocked by that because i'm like oh my goodness i didn't you know see that coming so it was really and for someone who's played mario for a good 20 let's see i've been playing mario for about like 23 24 years of my life it, it was really cool to see it you know do something that was able to still really really surprise me as a longtime player so this is a game that I would definitely recommend if you own a switch and you haven't played it or you're looking for something new for a switch whenever you get one. Like it's I'm not trying to oversell it as like you know, the, the greatest game of all time or anything like that. but from someone who's really enjoyed Mario, like from all this time, really has a like a connection with it from it as a kid and you know with my dad and stuff, this is one that I really felt like was able to capture a lot of that magic that i felt from uh, super mario 64 when playing it as a kid and especially with even though my dad wasn't physically present it did feel like he was with me sort of spiritually as i was playing through it and getting to enjoy it like i was for the first time so that's a bit of a personal takeaway from this game i guess but it's that that's something that i find really special about this game too and why I really enjoy it as much as I do. But uh, do you have any opinions on this one, Blue, or do you have anything, Jaybird, anything else?
2: Well, actually, I do because uh, listening to you describe the game, I had I hadn't it crystallized an idea that I had actually earlier in that the 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 gameplay itself it's it's a collectathon where you've got a main character and a friend, and you change you essentially change into a lot of different shapes and forms in order to get new kinds of gameplay styles and go to un, uh, unusual places that you can't get to normally. You know what that reminds me of? Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> the, the game gives me a very distinctly uh, Banjo-Kazooie vibe um, in how in how you interact with it. So it, it sounds a bit like um, a Banjo-Kazooie-style collectathon and would appeal to the people um, who enjoyed old-school Banjo-Kazooie back in the day.
1: Yeah, that is a good point. I didn't really think about that, but cuz you I mean with Mario Get Odyssey just well this is one of those times with the Mario game where you know you collect the star at the end or you collect a power moon in, in this game's case and it doesn't boot you automatically back to the beginning of the level like in um Mario 64 or Mario Sunshine but, yeah, I can see that now when you say that, that there are some sort of similarities with that. So, yeah, if you did enjoy games like Banjo-Kazooie, because I enjoyed that one and Banjo-Tooie a lot as a kid as well, as I like Mario 64 and uh, Donkey Kong 64, that Mario Odyssey is definitely going to be one that, if you like those old 3D platformers and collect a like, you're going to feel right at home with Mario Odyssey. It It, it is a really good time.
2: If you guys want so-, so if you guys want something to tide you over while we wait another decade and a half for Banjo-3e, uh, give Mario Odyssey a try. Apparently, <laughs>
1: <laughs> have you played this one at all, Blue? Or I not
3: haven't. Um, so, like I said earlier, most of my platforming experience is all in multiplayer games. And actually, when Claudio was originally talking about playing as the Cap, I immediately thought uh, Mario Galaxy Two, as like the second player being. The companion and I got really sad that my brother played the entirety of Mario Odyssey without telling me uh, that there was multiplayer in it. But I guess I was mistaken, and that is not not the case. Um, but now that I have Super Mario 64 under my belt and maybe am a little better, a little bit sometimes <laughs> at platformers, it's something that I might want to give a try because I do really like the world design and just being able to see. You know just how diverse all of the environments are, um, so it's it's on it's it's on a very long list that is going to be hard to get down because I'm still finishing up college, but I, I think I might be able to handle it maybe.
0: <laughs> so there is a mode on here, and this is what got my uh, six-year-old through it when he played. Um, there's a mode that you can turn on, like a helper mode. That is, is it. Blue footprints, Genghis. Um, sure i think it's use fo- this it, mode, but... I think it's either footprints or arrows. Yeah, there's a mode that'll show you basically how to get to the end of each area. Or it, to the moons or something like that. There's a yeah, helper mode to turn on. Because when you use that, did it just take you to, like, the story-focused ones? Or did it take you to, like,
1: any of them that you were close to? Uh, I definitely
0: didn't take him to... I definitely know it didn't take them to all because... Um, gosh, my kids remember the most minute details of stuff. Um, my four-year-old was telling me about plot points in Dragon Quest VIII the other day. We were driving to work, and he wanted to talk about um, when the dog picks up the staff. And, like, he's never seen this, but we've flipped through the art book. Oh, yeah, and he's like, Daddy, can you show me a picture of the doggy holding the staff from Dragon Quest VIII? And I'm like, (laughs) this is out of nowhere, completely out of nowhere, halfway to school the other day.
3: It's adorable. Uh, I love it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Like, they played this game, like I said, with their cousin back in, um, gosh, I guess, early June. And it wasn't until late August that we bought the game and they were playing it their way through it. And they would remember where all these stinking moons were that she had shown them how to get that. I know the the blue helper thing didn't take you to. So I want to say it was mainly the story, but like they knew some stuff. And then halfway through, I mean, they'd only played four hours with her. So then... But they they liked exploring and going around and my little one floating that cap everywhere, hitting stuff, hitting stuff, hitting stuff with a cap.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do. So there's,
0: how there's that blue. blue. You can uh, you, well, you can use the color of your name. To actually yeah.
2: Go as, right as, through.
3: as appropriate it would be for blue to rely on blue footprints theoretically i could usually figure out where to go it's the execution that i sur- struggle with
0: all right well the execution was something my six-year-old could do so <laughs> don't <laughs> underestimate yourself, me <laughs> <laughs> and again you know i didn't really do it so i i don't really know what to say about that
2: you beat you beat the big penguin we believe in you blue
3: <laughs> how long how, how many times did you and my brother beat each other up while i was trying to beat the big penguin
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> this um, little little anecdote from our uh, experience with Super Mario 64 online. Um, once we all got the 120 stars, and I, uh, I uh, bullied Blue into doing the extra race with the he penguin. Was,
3: he bullied me the entire game. Just just yes yes the I show. did.
2: It was it was that was my compromise with myself. I wanted her to be able to. Um, I wanted to kind of direct how she played and what she did, but I also wanted to keep things fresh with her, so I occasionally deliberately misled her.
3: It was awful. He is so mean.
2: <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. I am, a, I am very practiced at being mean. Um, but um, what I, like I mentioned with the early uh, 64 Online uh, conversation, um, characters can do damage to each other. Uh, so what happened was after we all got 120 stars, we each beat the game. Um, while Blue was uh, doing her rounds uh, with the penguin, um, me and me and our other players, uh, me and her brother got together and uh, basically started having a uh, three-dimensional Smash Brothers. <laughs> By which I mean, we basically just chased each other around and punched each other and kicked each other and body dived and uh, ground pounded each other to death, and we had a, we had a good time of it, not beating the stuffing out of each other. Nice. We we would occasionally just run around into different parts of different stages and um, have different contextual uh, battles there. We we would occasionally. Harassed, uh, blue a little bit by um, having our battles to the death in the middle of her sliding races with the penguin. So she'd be racing the penguin, and we'd be racing the penguin, and we and uh, we'd also be trying to kill each other while she was trying to stay alive. So uh, we gave we gave her a right good time of it.
3: It was awful.
2: <laughs>
3: I was laughing the whole time, but it was awful.
0: I'm sure that made that does, that sliding strike. and doing everything the uh, that much easier, huh? <laughs>
2: Laughing the whole time through an awful experience describes the game very well. We we had it was quite the struggle. We as we ended up calling it repeatedly during our streams. For those of you who uh, watched them, uh, it was quite the struggle. We called it the struggle. Um, This perennial impulse to laugh and not die at the same time. Anyone else have any
1: final thoughts about uh, Mario Odyssey before we wrap things up? Seems like one we haven't we need some, played we
2: need some, much We and need and some jazz for this segment. If you, That would be something fun to do. Just kind of like very light Mario Odyssey jazz in the background. Assuming yeah, that's is. legal enough to get away with. Wasn't, Wasn't there, there a jazz... <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was a jazz club in the New Donk City, right? Yeah, it, they play the... There's actually something funny about that, too. So
1: if you get all the band members together, they end up playing like a jazzy version of the Super Mario Brothers theme. But what's cool is that if you go and talk to them one by one, uh, when you have to first uh, recruit them all, and you go up to the bass player, he ends up playing the song from Donkey Kong, like the original arcade game from 25M that goes... do. like, he's practicing that on his bass, and it's really funny, actually, when you get to him. Because one of the fun little things about this game is that Mario will end up dancing along with music. If, like, there's a boombox nearby, he'll, like, dance along with a song playing from it. Or in different areas, like, if you get the whole jazz band together, he'll dance along with them as they're playing with the little Odyssey dance that he does. But it's really funny seeing him go up to the guy who's playing that bass part and just seeing him doing that. And it's just like, man, it's like... Thirty plus years ago, you were fighting off a giant monkey who was stealing your girlfriend while this song was playing, and now you're dancing to it. How how weird is that? <laughs> but um, yeah, I will say just for one of my final thoughts, like I did like it how when they were first like advertising this game and with the trailers for it, that they had this um, theme song for it, basically, which was uh, let's uh, it's called Jump Up Superstar. It's one that Pauline ends up singing in the game, and one that is basically kind of talking about how the adventure plays out um, in the, in the, in the game, how the, the lyrics go, but it's a really cool sort of reward that you get for not only completing new Donk city, but it's just kind of a nice surprise to see like this fully vocal song in a Mario game. There's another one too, that plays um at the very end of the game, which I don't really like as much, but it is kind of a cool surprise to see something like that in a Mario game, but like jump up superstar. That's, I think that that's a really fun song. Not only, within the context of where it plays at but just as a just as a song in general it's just kind of you know it fits the mario theme very well i think and it's a good it was a good thing that they use that song to sort of advertise the game as kind of being this fun upbeat adventure since it is a very fun and jazzy upbeat sort of song and it's one that i do kind of catch myself uh, humming every now and then whenever i happen to be thinking about mario but I think that that's going to be the end of our Odyssey. I don't really remember how that story goes. I just we'll just have Homer show up again and go whoo, and we'll call that good.
0: <laughs>
3: I'm pretty sure it ends with him killing a bunch of people in his house, but that's okay.
0: Well, just like every Mario game ends. <laughs> Invaders
1: in
2: the castle,
0: clear it out. Just throw your hat at them. They'll... <laughs>
3: <laughs> actually, actually, yeah, the invaders all wanted to marry his wife, so eh.
1: it's not well, entirely I mean, off topic. I mean, yeah, I mean Bowser wants to marry Peach and Odyssey, so mm, oh yeah, that the, is the whole plot of that game. Yep, he wants to get all the stuff to throw a big wedding, and how the the game ends up climaxing then is kind of like, oh wow, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> what happens? <laughs> it's something that I did not end up getting spoiled to me. Uh, from the two years of having not played it, so I'm not going to say it on here. But just just know that when you get to the end of the game, like there's there's some pretty cool surprises uh, to be had and to see.
0: Alrighty, well with that, that's it for this episode of Slime Time Side Quest. We do want to thank Blue Star and Jaybird for joining us to talk about um, all these different Mario fun games. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having it, us.
3: It was good to be here.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot for joining, uh Joining us out tonight, guys. Uh, we swung our arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go do the Mario. <clears throat> uh, I mean, um, thank you for joining. It's oh, fun boy. talking about Mario. <laughs> we had to work. We had to work it in somehow, even if it was very poorly done. But you know, it's like my transitions—they just sort of happened.
0: Just working things in and doing it poorly—that's a that's a slime time tradition. That's the that's the that's the twinsy way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another tradition is when I say, You might have noticed that the only time we mention Patreon on Slime Time is when we say we don't use Patreon. We're just longtime fans that want to speak about the topics we know and love so much. So if you have any money you'd like to donate, consider sliding on over to the Dragon's Den at slash den and click on support this site. Uh, we've had a couple members do that just in the past month. Thank you. Uh, Woodvis has owned and maintained the Dragon's Den site for about 20 years now, and I'm sure he'd appreciate any donation. Uh, you could always use his Amazon affiliate links to make any purchases, um, especially if you're ordering any of the new copies of Dragon Quest XI S, um, or any of the old 3DS games, the Dragon Quest Monsters, plus manga books that we've talked about in the past, Uh pretty much anything dragon quest that you can buy new on amazon he's got an affiliate link there so go ahead buy it and through his links and a fraction of the sale will go support the den
1: yeah dragon quest 11s just came out for the xbox one and ps4 the definitive edition and um pretty much every other console out right now so you know definitely a good time to be using that affiliate link for sure But um, if you have any suggestions for a future side quest episode, we would be happy to hear from you. Uh, you can reach out to Platy on his Twitter via plattym 3 or uh, via the official, unofficial Dragon's Den Discord. Uh, you can also contact me, Yangus Legendary Bandit, uh, at the Dragon's Den via personal message or on the Dragon's Den Discord as well. Uh, just search for Yangus Legendary Bandit, just all that uh we do have a list full of ideas and as i said at the beginning of the episode the super mario brothers uh, 3d game idea was one that we had at the top of the list but you know we're always looking to add more ideas more suggestions so if you have anything we'll be happy to hear from you we got a big list of uh topics to choose from so you know feel free to throw one out there to us and if it's one that we've already talked about or one that we haven't visited yet we'll be happy to hear from you and put it on the list exactly exactly all right, bye everyone. Side quest to complete. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. Bye bye. Thank, Thank you so, you much, so much for, for to playing play my game. game.